Welcome back, Compass Bible Church, to the Compass Equip podcast. Compass Equip. This is Pastor Evan. And I'm Pastor Hayden. And you're joined with yourself, is that right? And I joined with myself, yes I am. (laughs) Inside joke, sorry guys. Here at Compass Bible Church, we exist to make disciples of Jesus Christ by reaching people for Christ, teaching everyone to be like Christ, and training everyone to serve Christ. And Pastor Hayden, is this just small things that we do, or is it everything? No, it's everything we do here at Compass, including this podcast, is to fulfill the mission of making disciples of Christ by reaching, teaching, and training. All right, Compass Bible Church, this last Sunday we concluded our sermon series, A Work in Progress, and the sermon title from Sunday was Thriving Together, and it was on Colossians 3, verses 16 and 17, and let me read that for y'all right now. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. All right, Pastor Hayden, as you preached this last Sunday on this text, what is the focus you want us to have as we prepare for life groups this week? As we uh, discussed this Sunday, and just as a, and, uh, just a little uh, reminder, is that uh, cultivating a Bible-saturated life is necessary for anyone who desires to live a godly life, especially those who hope to lead others into a thriving relationship with God. And that is our hope, isn't it, that we would ourselves live a godly life and that we would, in, in many ways, help other people uh, lead thriving, godly Lives And so the best ways for us to do this from uh, the sermon, just the highlights, is number one is to put more Bible in your own life. That's so important for us to be Bible-saturated in our own lives. Number two is to put more Bible in the lives of others. That means everything that we are saying, everything that we are discussing, and even uh, the things that we would encourage people to do is going to help them put more Bible in their own lives. And that includes the very things that come out of our own mouths. Uh, and then uh, thirdly and lastly, it's, uh, you know, whatever you do in word or deed, uh, make sure it's all being done in the name of the Lord Jesus. That is this, that whatever is going on in your life from here on out is going to be appropriately representing Christ. That means it doesn't come from you unless it's appropriate in its representation of who Christ is. So we're going to appropriately represent Christ in everything we do. And if we do those things, uh, we can expect to have godly lives and we can expect to be able to lead others into thriving relationships with God. All right, Pastor Hayden, what are certain things that we have maybe missed on Sunday, um, this last sermon? Well, really, I mean, a great thing about this text is it's uh, pretty simple uh, in at least in its form uh, and its application is often where we miss. And so uh, just make sure that as we're going into this week that we are learning uh, how to apply these very words, that we're learning that whatever I do in, in word or deed, which is a, an, an ancient uh, a phrase that literally means any and every single thing that happens in my life, my whole life is summed up in words and deeds. That is, uh, even when I get up in the morning, when I go to work, if I do something, that's a deed, okay? And everything else is really what I speak. And so all the spokenness in my life, all of the, the deeding, if you will, all the words and all the deeds. That's just an encapsulation of the phrase of, in whatever you do in life, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. And uh, really, if you can take anything away from Sunday's sermon, it's like every single thing about you is it needs to be a good representation of 
Christ. Uh, and the problem so much in this world is people claim to be Christians, but the, yet their life does not represent him uh, in any form or fashion. And that's antithetical to the Bible, because the Bible says everything we do should be the appropriate representation of Christ. And so, Pastor Hayden, you mentioned this about this being a natural overflow of our new heart in Christ. Do you want to touch on that real fast before we jump into the application questions? Yeah, and when we look at that word dwell there, which is that imperative that, that we're called to do in Scripture, is uh, it, it is indeed the words of Christ that is dwelling in us richly. And that means uh, when I poke you, what should be coming out of you is the word of Christ. And I say poke you because uh, when we're getting poked, it's usually a negative thing, a pejorative thing. Uh, it's like when people are kind of getting under your skin. But here's the wonderful thing about being a Christian. If someone's getting under your skin, what should be coming out from under your skin is the word of Christ. And so uh, what we got to understand is what is in us is going to come out of us. And that it should be exactly what happens if we're Christians. Uh, the problem so often is, Often what comes out of us is not representative of Christ. And so that's what it means for, for us to live godly lives is there is something different inside of us. The, the promise of the Spirit in us is that He is going to exact that change and produce in us the fruits of the Spirit, which should be coming out of our lives. And we can't miss that as Christians, or we, we truly do miss the fruits of our salvation here on earth. And just as a reminder, a good test to see where you are at is to remember Jesus' words that... Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever words you're saying to your spouse or to your kids or coworkers or friends or to yourself about other people, that is where your heart is. And so we, we have to make sure that our hearts are aligned with Christ. So Pastor Hayden, as we get ready for life groups, as we do our application questions, uh, what should we be focused on as we to anchor ourselves as we uh, do these application questions this week? Great question. As we jump into our application questions, and even as, as you're doing them here throughout the next couple of days before your life group, what we have to ask is, is how evident is the Word of Christ in your own life? Is it evident? Like when people look at your life, do they get to say, wow, the really the uh, the Word of Christ is really radiating from their lives? or or And that comes from at least uh, in part, in a large part, I'd say, through the time that you're spending in God's Word. Because how else would, would the Word of Christ uh, dwell in your life if you aren't dwelling in the Word of God. And so uh, the question is, how are how much time are you spending in God's Word? Again, this isn't about checking boxes, but this is this is at least by saying it is so important, uh, even scripturally and, and uh, practically in my life, that I'm in God's Word uh, and I'm allowing it to dwell in me. I'm not just trying to skim through it. I'm diving in. Uh, and then the question that you follow that up with is, how can it be more evident? Like, what can be happening in your life to make it more important? That is, how do you prioritize it? How do other people see you prioritize it? I mean, do your kiddos, do they see you prioritizing it in your own home? I mean, when, you, when your children are, you know, 12 years old and I can go up to them and ask them, hey, tell me how uh, important God's Word is in your home. Tell me things that happen. Uh, and if they can't give me anything, well, that's a great uh, reason to suggest that in your life, uh, the Word of Christ isn't evident even in your home. And so when I say that to get real practical here. It's like, man, what are you doing at home? Are we spending time in the Word with our kids? Are we spending time in the morning in God's Word in the evening? Uh, what am I doing when it comes to uh, you know, dwelling in and saturating my life in the Word of God? And just a word of encouragement, even when you wake up in the morning or you come home from work and you feel like, oh man, reading the Bible right now is going to be a chore. My challenge to you is to trust God. 
We can trust God that the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and that he'll be able to pierce through uh, your heart and your life and be able to guide you into godly living. Yeah, and let's be real with ourselves because that's the best thing we, we, we can do as believers, be real. If I'm not desiring the Bible, it is my sinful flesh that, that has that desire. And so for me, killing sin is killing that uh, that that m- the mundane attitude of saying, I can't get in the Bible, it's going to be boring, or I'm just not going to get anything out of it. Like, let's kill that. Let's get it out of the way because that's the very thing that got us into this mess in the first place by not loving God, not uh, you know, not submitting to Him. And so, really, we got we let's kill it because we don't have to feel like reading the Bible to know that we must read the Bible. And even in those moments, just trust God that He will. There's sometimes I'm like good Bible studies where I didn't want to read, but mm. I opened it, and then yep. God changed that day for me. Yes. It really impacted me. So, trust. God when yep. reading your Bibles. That's right. That's good. So uh, DBR Spotlight, Pastor Evan, what do we got going on in Deuteronomy? Well, speaking of reading your Bibles, I say congratulations. We are now in the final book of the Torah, the final book of the Pentateuch, the final book of the books of Moses. And as we dive in this year into the Old Testament, we want to make sure that we equip you to better to be able to help you understand what's going on. Uh, because these books were written thousands of years ago. But let me give you a quick background on the book of Deuteronomy. First, Firstly, the name Deuteronomy is not Hebrew. It is actually Greek. We get the word, it just means second law, which is deuter, means, means second, and then namos means law. But we know that the book was written in Hebrew, and I'm not going to even attempt to try to pronounce these words, but what's translated is, these are the words. And what this book of Deuteronomy is saying, these are the words of God. And if you remember the context, this is a new generation. But the purpose of Deuteronomy for for Moses is he's writing it to this new generation of Israels. They're camped outside the uh, the outside Jordan the Jordan River, looking into the Promised Land as they're about to go in and take the Promised Land. Is that this is not just a retelling of the law? It's not. It's Moses preaching on the law to Israel so that they would love God with all their hearts and enter into the Promised Land unlike their previous generation that didn't love God with all their hearts and God cursed. And so remember, this is a new generation. They have a new leader. The Joshua has been appointed and at the end of the book. He's going to be leading Israel into the promised land. And there's going to be a lot of new temptations. As you read throughout these coming weeks in Deuteronomy, he's going to say, hey, as you enter the land, there's the new temptations. And essentially what Moses and God is trying to do for Israel is to equip them so that they can glorify God as they take the promised land. I want to give a very basic outline to Deuteronomy to kind of help you navigate it as you go back into the law and back into the festivals. This uh, this outline is found by the Wearsby Commentary. Uh, the, there's four simple things to remember about this outline. First is Israel's historical concerns. That's the first four chapters. Then Israel's practical concerns in chapters 5 to 26, a lot of the laws. Israel's prophetic concerns, chapters 27 to 30, and that's the blessing and cursing. And Israel's personal concerns, uh, chapters 31 to 34, as Moses um, wraps up his his ministry life as the leader for Israel and passes it on to Joshua. But if you're reading this week, you might see some similar laws, see some similar festivals, 
maybe a few things that are new, but here are two things you need to focus on when you open your Bible each day and you read Deuteronomy is two words. First, the first word is love. This is used over 20 times in Deuteronomy. Love is a big emphasis in Deuteronomy and it's broken down. You can break it down in this way. One, Israel's lack of love for God, and that's the history of Israel that you'll read in the first four chapters, but also God's love for Israel that we see in Deuteronomy 4 verse 37. He says, I loved your forefathers and this is why I'm doing what I'm doing because God loves his people. But not only that, it's Israel's called to, called to love. And this is in the next this week you're going to be reading Deuteronomy chapter six, the very famous Shema: "Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might." And if Israel truly does love God, they will obey Him, and thus fulfilling their purpose to represent him, to be his image to the world so that the world may be blessed. The the blessing that we read back in Genesis to Abraham. But as you're reading, look to see all the references to either, either Israel's lack of love, God's love for Israel, Israel's call to love. But as the book of Deuteronomy goes on, there's a one key teaching that God is trying to drill into the Israelites' mind, and actually as Christians, this into all people's minds, is the second word. You have the first word is love. The second word is heart. In order to love, you need to have a heart. But, you know, as we read Deuteronomy, it's going to see Israel's heart needs to be God's, but as we begin to see it over the time throughout the Old Testament, their heart is not with God, not or not fully with God. Because in Deuteronomy eight, you'll see that the that, that sin, sin is in the heart. As we read the whole you know, whole scriptures, when I see yeah, sin is everywhere in our hearts. But Deuteronomy is a very important book of the Bible. But this aspect of it is, you know, the sin is in the heart, and so it goes on to say. Israel needs a circumcised heart and needs a changed heart. And then this week, you're going to read Deuteronomy 10, where God says, Circumcise, therefore, the foreskin of your heart and be no longer stubborn. In order to love God, God's saying, you need to circumcise your heart. No, we won't really read until later in Deuteronomy 30 to see that it's God who's the one that's going to circumcise their heart and going to give them the heart change. But God's going to let them know the law is going to show you you have a heart issue. You don't love me. You need a changed heart. You need me to change your heart. So let me change your heart so that you can actually love me and represent me. And this, the point for Israel is to make sure, you know, the point to Israel is that they need a new heart in order to love God and that call that you see in Deuteronomy 6. And as we know through the, in the New Testament, the Old Testament is all pointing to Christ. And that relationship is actually Pastor Hayden on preached a few weeks ago is having that new heart, that new covenant back in December is going to result in being a new creation. And so remember 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if you, for anyone who is in Christ, they are a new creation. They have a new heart. The old has passed away. The new has come. And the point for us Christians is that now we have a new heart. Now we are supposed to live for God. As Israel was supposed to have a new heart to love God, as Christians, we have a new heart through the work of Jesus Christ, living and dying and rising on the, from the dead on our behalf. We can have a new heart and a new life that can actually love God as we are called to do. Right, this is a great uh, overview of uh, this week's daily Bible reading. My uh, 
by prayer and expectation for you guys. As you read in the Old Testament, you're going to see so much of the footprints and the fingerprints of Christ all over it to see that it was the new covenant in which we have uh, been afforded the new hearts where we once had a heart of stone. God has replaced it with the heart of flesh. And uh, speaking of the, the new creation and uh, the, the what we are uh, expected to do as, uh, as Christians, let's get into our special topic. And our special topic uh, this uh, week is really, I uh, could you could entitle it, The Stewardship of Prayer. Uh, that is, uh, when specifically when we're talking here at Compass Bible Church Hill Country, uh, we have a building that's almost finished, which Woo! is very exciting. Uh, and that's a stewardship, right? That's a stewardship because it's something God is giving us, that something that exists in the world that He has given to us to possess, to use, to steward. Now, the, the big deal about stewardship in the Christian uh, life is that every single thing that you have is a stewardship. Uh, and in a big way, that should really open your eyes to the uh, uh, really the, the immense responsibility of what it means to be Christian. And as you are growing in your faith and as God gives you more to steward, just the, the growing responsibility of stewardship in our lives. And uh, anyone who's growing in their faith, who has the stewardship uh, given to them, which we all have a stewardship, but as it grows, you're going to see the need of prayer more and more and more. Because really what happens, all of us, is we see our own limitations, is God gives us more to steward, and we have to put our hands up and say, I could never do this on my own. Which is always the position that we ought to take as Christians, is to say, yeah, I can't do this on my own. But oftentimes we try to do everything on our own power. Uh, but there comes a time in all of our lives, and hopefully pretty quick, if we're being faithful, to recognize we can do nothing, absolutely nothing, outside of the power of prayer. And so we got to understand a couple of things when it comes to prayer. First Thessalonians 5:17 says pray without ceasing. I so love it. never stopping. We never ever stop. Now the the concept here is to make sure that praying is constantly uh, something that we are about and something we're doing. It doesn't mean we have our eyes closed and we're driving down 35. Don't do that. That's also not good stewardship. However, it means that we're always in a posture of prayer. It's always that we're, we're willing to get down, where we start praying and, and beseeching God and appealing to Him and praying for other people. And it's really the heart and attitude of the Christian life as I'm always praying. Because I know, uh, according to 1 John 5, 14 and 15, it says this, And this is the confidence that we have toward Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that he hears us and whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. So for me, it is understand my stewardship is to submit everything into God's will. Uh, and this is why when I pray and ask according to his will, he's going to hear me and he's going to do it. Now, the problem often in our own lives, we can look at the letter to James when, from James when we, when we read this, but so many of us ask, well, I've prayed lots of things and I never got it. Well, the, the context here is that if we ask anything according to his will, right, he's going to accomplish those things. And so the stewardship uh, principle we're talking about here is what God gives us, he's asking us to do for him. And so we got to make sure that everything we're doing is for him. And then as we pray for those things, uh, they will be accomplished. So I'd encourage you to pray for things you know are God's will. Things like uh, the, 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 really the, uh, the unity of your marriage, right? The, the blessing of the husband and the wife and how God has called you guys to work together uh, and to really display the relationship between Christ and his church. Uh, pray for you, you as, as you're working, right? That we, we work uh, and we work not as to the world, but as to the Lord. And so pray for, for good, fruitful, effective work uh, for the Lord. And as long as we're doing those things for the Lord, he is gracious to answer those things. And there's so many things. And that's why we're talking about prayer, because we need to pray for 
number number one, uh, the role that we have as Compass Bible Church here in New Braunfels and the stewardship we have to reach the lost. We need to pray for this facility, not only uh, that we would use it well, but that it would finish up in a timely manner. And, and I can just keep going and going, but this what we have here in New Braunfels is a massive stewardship. Uh, and really, if we don't steward it well, it's really an embarrassment of riches. I don't know any church plant, at least in, in, in my life, or at least anybody I know who's been just stewarded so much that we have. We've been given so much and so much opportunity and responsibility and so much stewardship, and really it's going to come down to the power of prayer. And we say this practically uh, because what we've got to do according to the next couple of verses that we're going to read the next few weeks in Colossians, Colossians 3, 23 and 24, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ, and we have to do our best according to 2 Timothy 2, 15, to present yourself as to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. And so really prayer and stewardship go hand in hand here because we can't steward things well without prayer. And so we got to make sure that we are praying. And it's not just a, a one-time prayer. If you remember it, it's a constant, unceasing, uh, really, disposition of a praying life. And so really when we say, what are we going to do? We're going to pray hard and we're going to work hard. And we're going to pray hard. And we're going to work hard. Uh, somebody way smarter than me once said, we can do more than pray, but we can't do anything until we pray. And so that's what we've got to make sure we're doing here at Compass Bible Church is we're going to pray hard and we're going to work hard. Pastor Evan, we have some resources to yeah, really help us undergird our need for prayer. What are a couple of these here? Well, here are three resources for you guys. One is the power of prayer and the prayer of power. R.A. Tori. R.A. Tori. It's a great book, and you're going to feel pretty convicted. As every time I read it, I feel that way. It's a great book of learning what the, the, what the power of prayer does. Also, A Praying Life, Connecting with God in a Distracting World by Paul Miller. Now, if you struggle to pray, this is a great book to get to really help you practically learn how to pray. And it is a phenomenal resource that I really, that's, both of those books are phenomenal resources. And the last one is, an, is the autobiography of George Mueller. What a guy. This guy was a prayer warrior and reading books about men and women who um, demonstrate faithfulness to God is such an encouragement for us to strive after them as they strove after Christ. And so he is a man that prayed hard for the for the Lord and God used him mightily, even though we're talking about him today and he's been long dead. That's right. Those are a couple of good resources for you guys as you're uh, reading and, and learning about the importance of prayer. Obviously, Scripture, very important. Uh, most important thing when it comes to learning about prayer. Uh, some church-wide announcements. Hey, just a quick building update. Do you guys want a building update? Yeah, I do. Uh, that's good. Okay. Uh, I mean, right now, as we uh, as, as you're listening to this, the tile should be uh, nearing completion, the, the flooring that's going on and all of the the building that we are renovating, the flooring areas, those are all going in. Uh, we, the lighting is going in. Electrical is all being finished out. Painting is happening. So, you know, when the painting's going on, you know, things are getting real. Uh, you know, we have, we have a lot of those things going on. A lot of the pretty stuff is going on. Uh, and in just a few short weeks, we're going to start jumping in there and really installing all of our stuff as far as our equipment that we need to uh, to facilitate ministry well in that building. So, guys, we are nearing uh, we are nearing the end. And so what we need to be doing is praying just like we did on Sunday evening at our prayer meeting. We need to keep praying uh, and, and look forward to all of what God's going to do in, the, in this facility to reach, teach, and train. 
and just be on the lookout. We are praying hard. We're going to get ready to work really hard, obviously, to make disciples That's right. in that facility. But as Pastor Hayden alluded to, we're going to need people to help us finish, do the finishing touches, you know, mounting things, putting furniture together, tables together. And so be ready as we're praying hard, be prepared to work really hard so that we can work together to get this facility ready for what purpose? To make disciples of Jesus Christ. That's right. We got so much more going on, uh, but really, guys, we're just so excited for all the things that God is doing. You can look around at our church and see how much God is blessing. Uh, and really, it's for us to ask, what can we be praying for and what could we be working for? And so let's uh, be stewarding well what God has uh, given to us, that we would be uh, faithful, approved workers who need not to be ashamed, that we've looked at God's Word, that it has uh, come and poured out of us because it dwells in us, and that we know that in all of this we're serving Him by reaching, teaching, and training. We do look forward to uh, seeing you guys soon. You guys have a wonderful week. <music>